one of the biggest practices that I try to do, which is the five minutes of mine, is telling my kids I need five minutes so as they will learn and instigate that behaviour when they become parents. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I hope you're having a really great start to your week, whatever it is you're up to. If you're listening to this in real time, I hope that your Monday is going smoothly so far. Today's podcast episode is quite timely because I'm recording this introduction from my bedroom floor and to my right, I have a massive pile of clothes that I have decided I'm not going into the wardrobe here. And I did a huge cull before we packed as well. I managed to sell quite a few things, which always um, I always feel really good about because I just, I hate having clothes that don't get worn. I feel like it's such a waste. And if I put something on and I think to myself, okay, I've not worn this in six months and it's not a seasonal item. You know, there are certain heavy jackets that you might not wear for that time period or maybe you've been pregnant. So of course you've not worn a certain thing. But generally speaking, if I pop an outfit on, piece of clothing on and think, wow, I've not picked this up in six months, I tend to think I probably don't really need this. And so I did a huge cull before we moved. And then in unpacking my wardrobe this week, I started to hang things And I thought, huh, I really like having less options. Sometimes when we have too many options, it just, it adds to that mental load that we're all carrying around. And also, I don't know about you, but when I've got a lot of options, I tend to just go for the lowest hanging fruit anyway. Whatever is clean, whatever is on top of the pile, whatever I've just bought in uh, from the laundry and has I have easy access to. So I find myself wearing like the same four outfits, despite the fact that I have other options. So anyway, as I was hanging up my clothes and I was being really discerning with anything that was going up and asking myself, does it fit? Do I feel good in this? Will I actually wear it? Is it practical? Those were kind of the questions I was running through my mind with each item. And as I was hanging things up in the wardrobe, as it became, I was going to say fuller, but really the wardrobe looks quite sparse because I've left a lot of things out based off that criteria. And just having space between my clothes actually makes me excited to get dressed over morning, which sounds a bit odd. But you know when you walk into a beautiful store and the clothes are hanging up and there's space between the items and you can actually see the item and it just makes it more attractive, you want to go and pick it up, that's what I want to create in my wardrobe. So this is the first wardrobe I've ever had that has double hanging space which is like I'm excited about. I can really max out on the coat hangers. So that's what I've been doing. That's my focus at the moment. I have a massive pile of clothes that I'm not quite ready to part with just yet, but I am definitely ready to bag and store or put in another wardrobe. And then in a month, two months, three months, rotate, bring some of those clothes back in. Or 
in that time period, I might then go, you know what? Because I've not missed them, do I even need to look in that bag? And can I just donate that bag or let it go? So anyway, I say it's timely because today's conversation is with Kat Sands. And I'm sure that you follow Kat on Instagram already. And if you don't, by the end of this conversation, I'm sure that you will be. I really enjoyed chatting with Kat. And we chat about a variety of topics. We do talk about wardrobes. We talk about refining your uniform, getting dressed each day as like an act of honoring yourself. We talk about mum life, boundaries, cat shared, what she wanted for Mother's Day. And I just think that every single person who listens to this conversation will be able to take something away from it. You don't need to be fashion obsessed. You don't need to be a mum. You don't need to have an Instagram following. We chat about things that I believe will be relatable to each and every one of you in varying ways. So without further waffling from me, let's get into today's conversation with Kat Sands. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Kat, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to have a chat with me. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. I've been looking forward to it. And I was saying to you before I hit record, every time I go on Instagram, you are there and you are such a ray of light on Instagram. And you mentioned TikTok and I'm brand new to TikTok. So I'm going to have to jump over and follow you there. But I feel like it's been a long time coming. So I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, I I am always there, aren't I? (laughs) You are. You are. So before we chat about, I guess, you always being present in my social media feed, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your backstory? What brought you to this place of creating these styling videos? Yes, good question. Um, A very long story. I'll try and make it short. But I used to be a fashion designer and and I was in marketing, studied in marketing, went into marketing, uh, worked very long hours, had a baby and decided to get into my husband's business instead of going back to work in a corporate role. And as much as it was exciting to do that, I was very much missing my creativity. And so every day I would get dressed and I would share a bit of that on stories on Instagram. We're talking many, many years ago. And that kind of went in ebbs and flows. And during lockdown in Melbourne, I got dressed every day as a way of getting myself up, motivating myself to keep going. And I did that on stories and the feedback was huge about just, you know, it was wear your wardrobe, find something in your wardrobe you haven't worn, get out of the trackies, just try something, one little piece that kind of inspires you. And it really did inspire women. Uh, During that time, I had my coaching business and I was doing just fashion creation for certain uh, businesses on the side, you know, talking through how to style pieces, how to how to look and feel in pieces every single day as a working mum. And then I guess I decided after a 
little while, but this was actually an area I'd love to focus my business and my time on because what I found is by turning up every day, I was inspiring women and I was inspiring myself to lift, to put, put my personality out there, to feel really good, to put that energy back in to myself where every day, you know, often as a mum of three, we just throw on whatever we can find and we run out the door and we might catch a reflection of ourselves and go, oh God, how I look is how I feel. And I really believe that if you look back in the mirror and go, she's she's got it going on or she's put herself together today, you really hold yourself to a higher step. You're like, you know, I do. I do have it. It's a fake it till you make it concept. And in your mindset, it is telling you that you have a greater hold on your day and your life. And I feel like when you're dressed, it is dressed for success. The rest of your day leads into this sort of positivity that you have got yourself sorted. I could not agree more. And something I'm always talking about is this tenet of cognitive behavioral therapy, cat, where it's like people keep thinking, oh, I've got to wait until I feel a certain way to take action, mm-hmm. but we've got it the wrong way around. If we take an action before we feel a certain way, then we actually start thinking and feeling the way we want to. Wow. So it's like, yeah, rather than going, oh, I'll wait until motivation strikes and then I'll get dressed and get sorted. It's like, no, 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 get dressed and get sorted and then maybe motivation will strike. Correct. And I, I think it's like any business and I have started many businesses, my husband and I as well. You do not ever, you're never ready when you start. You have to leap in uh, well before you're ready to start. And that's the same with looking at myself in the mirror and trying to figure out what I'm wearing for the day. You know, the reflection back is going exhausted mum of three, trying to hold it together. But in my mind, I'm telling myself, bright shirt, pair of comfortable pants, you know, pair of shoes that makes me feel like I've got my life together. By the time I've put it on, my mood has lifted. My reflection is different. Yeah. And it's one of those things, isn't it, where it's so easy to kind of categorize getting dressed and categorize fashion as as this superficial, superfluous thing that isn't important. But if we're all honest with ourselves, we know we do sit up straighter when we like what we're wearing. There is a spring in our step. It also comes down to function sometimes. Like sometimes if you are just dressed for the actual season of your life, you do feel so much more confident in the way that you're moving through the day. Exactly. And I think that I mean, I, I try to make sure that as a mum that I'm still in flexible clothes. So, you know, I might be at therapy sessions with the kids and I can get on the ground. So I've got stretchy pants or, uh, you know, I've got flat shoes that can be flipped off really easily if we're going in and out of the house or, um, you know, going to multiple appointments. So the clothes have to be functional, but that does not mean I have to be in sweatpants all day long, you know, and I carry myself in the sense of I can walk in feeling good about myself into any situation in a season of my life where I could possibly just wear activewear every day. <laughs> yes. And I think what's interesting about your account as well and the videos you create, Kat, is that it's very relatable because I often find with Instagram it's one extreme or the other. It's the hot mess mom who is just so attached to being like, oh, I'm always running late and I am the mess and it's funny and it's enjoyable. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think on some level we're all like, yes, she yeah. is me. Sure. But then yeah. <laughs> the other extreme level is like the mom who is in the perfect outfit with the perfect children and the perfectly mm-hmm. curated feed. And most of us, we just sit somewhere in the middle. And so that's what I find when I am watching your videos. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see myself wearing that. That makes sense. 
that doesn't look too hard or too uh, too much like I'm trying too hard to be something I'm not. It just feels really effortless. You definitely have a knack for creating content that's relatable. I think what has come about from that is really showing the process. So you recognize me in a dressing gown and a coffee cup or a hot, hot water in hand, a lot of my videos. And that's talking about how we start and how we find and progress into an outfit. And I think a lot of women often don't know. They want to get to that end level, which is somewhere in that mid-range, a feeling good, but not looking super polished, you know, very adaptable sort of outfit, but they don't know the steps. And I'll often talk through putting something on, eh, does, doesn't quite work. Let's go with this. Okay. I'm feeling like I need comfort right now. Let's grab something knitted and comfortable. And, um, yeah, so I talk through that process. And I think that's helped a lot of women understand that we all negotiate and we all, you know, have that other conversation going on in our head when we're picking clothes. And it's normal. It's totally okay to question things and to put them on and go, this kind of works. I'm going to go with it. And so, yeah, I think that the stepping through dressing has really helped women see that sense that they're not alone in sometimes struggling to find what it is that's going to work for their day. Yeah, definitely. And with your social media, you have a huge following. You've amassed over 113,000 followers. Has that been strategic for you? Have you sat down and looked at your videos and gone, okay, you know what? This does incredible. I'm going to do more of this. Or is it much more of a like kind of offhand creative process for you? It back you know, a year and a half ago, uh, it was very much when I felt like it, what I put up there. These days, I look to the people's, the people response. So what are people looking for? I do Q and A's every week to hear what people are after. I really listen in on my community for the feedback. And I also know that there is lots of content I'll put out there that may not be super engaging, but it does reach the long-term followers. Like my lives are there for them, my long-term followers that tune in and go, I just love sitting down and having a couple with you because I've been doing lives for years and people know me well for that. A lot of new followers don't. So yet without a doubt, Ever since I, about a year ago when I decided that I'd really put, I, I train in strategy, I decided to put strategy really in place for my own account. I decided that I would look at the figures and I would look at the feedback and I would really listen in on my community and hear what they're after. And it's not one offering, they're after a lot of things. So to be honest, it's not, uh, you might look at my feed and say, okay, there's a whole lot of reels getting dressed, but they're all varied. Uh, and I like to make sure that I try not to lose parts of my audience that have been there for a long period of time. It's funny, isn't it? You can really form a bond with your followers. Hey, oh my gosh, they are my biggest support. I, yeah, 100%. You would know that yourself. It's just these amazing majority women just lift me up. Uh, and they're in the highs and the lows. Yeah, it's funny. Even this morning I was, you know, working on the back end here and I was sending out a text message that something new that we're trying is just seeing if people are interested in being spoken to via text message. And as I was typing out the text message, it like autofills someone's name for you. And I saw the name pop up and I was on the phone with someone who works with me and she said, oh, I don't know if that's a standard name or if that's one of your actual followers. And I said, no, it's so-and-so. Like, I know the name. That first name goes with that profile, picture goes with that. Like, 
it's so crazy. But over the years, you do actually begin to form a connection and an understanding of who is following you, particularly the really engaged people. Exactly right. And I, you know, where it's privacy is allowed and so forth, will follow back some of my really long-term followers. And they share some beautiful insights into their lives. And naturally, I have over time as well. And we have this closer connection where we connect in DMs and maybe, you know, a bit more of life is kind of discussed and challenges and ups and downs and positives. And they are, they're, they're a different breed of cheerleaders. They are incredible people in your corner. And they check in on you as well when they see that maybe, you know, you're a bit quiet or something's a bit off and, and it's, it's wonderful. My community, I, I said this when I reached a hundred K, I didn't, you know, go to other people and say, let's go on a competition and try and get our numbers up. I literally got there because you recommended me to a friend and I have three generations of women that follow me. I've got great grandmas, two to grandmas and, and children, teens write to me. They, they say they recommended their mums, you know, their mums go, I've recommended my daughter to follow you. And I have these whole beautiful connections of women that feel they resonate with me, which I don't take lightly. It's a really important role that I have uh, and probably the reason why I continue to make sure I turn up every day because they're looking for it and they miss it if I'm not. So, yeah, I, I totally lead by the feedback from my community. You mentioned you show up for them every day. What is a standard day for you? Is there a standard day? Uh, no, there's not really. Um, so I have three children. Two of them have additional needs. So I am constantly at therapy sessions with them or additional appointments. Uh, they, my three kids are incredible. Uh, but they, they do require definitely additional help. So my work really had to be flexible. And I was primarily digital marketing coaching and they were corporates and corporate businesses do not have that flexibility of actually your kids sick, you know, I, I need, you know, that that ability to stop what we're doing. Can we change the time and date? No, it's not possible you're walking into a corporate environment and you're training. So my husband travels a lot. I needed something that was more flexible. And when I realized content creation was, I really leaned into that and went, you know what, my creativity and my flexibility is here. So a day for me could be as this morning out to two different appointments for my kids, coming back, checking emails, recording some basic content for a Monday, and then prepping for some of the bigger proposals that I've got and projects for the week. Uh, but yeah, a Tuesday, Friday will be my primary project filming days. The other days might be just ad hoc little stuff of getting ready with me and so forth. Uh, but yeah, I try to make sure that every day in some form I'm turning up. I'm definitely on stories. I'm showing that I've taken time for myself in the morning, whether it's meditation that I've gotten back into now after a year of really lagging in that area or Pilates or movement or a cup of coffee after I've dropped the kids off. I'm really, really important to me that I give back time to myself when I fill my cup because I'm very aware that if I don't, I'm unable to service my family the way that I would like to. And then, yeah, it is work where I can fit it in. And you'll see kids come home at three o'clock. I'm offline from three to four. I'm settling them in. How was your day? What can I do? And then from about four till 5.30 where I can, I'm working. Then there might be night times as well. My day is not a normal nine to five any longer because my family needs me, but my work is full-time slotted in where I can. 
I'm sitting here nodding along because I just see you, I hear you, and I so feel you on a lot of what you have just said. I create my day around my two kids as well. And it's such a blessing to be able to do that. It really, really is a huge gift to be able to do that. And at the same time, it can be then really challenging to have tethers that keep us feeling sane and centered and important when everything else is movable. Like that's what I find. I'm like, oh, my week is so movable because we don't have a like a typical co-parenting arrangement. The kids go to their dads every sixth day. So it's always rolling. So mm. that changes. And then my podcasting days change and what the companies need from me change. So I find that I have to be really um, disciplined with other pillars in my day so that I feel like I have some form of consistency. And I know for you, one of your pillars is getting up and it's getting dressed. How important is that part of your day? It is huge to my mindset. Um, Someone who has struggled through some pretty interesting times in my life, I definitely have had kind of a... um, it's you know, probably the best way to explain it, a fruitful life. And with that has meant that I've had to really have self-motivation. And if I stay in my pyjamas for too long, my mentality for the day is slumped. It's going to be a day where I can't move as fast, that I can't switch on as quickly. I've really associated getting dressed and putting an outfit together based on my beginning of that day. And that can happen after school drop has happened. It can happen before. It just really depends on what's available in my time. But when I've gotten dressed, my day starts. And that's because I feel like I've collected myself. I've dedicated that time in the wardrobe to pick something that feels good, that represents my personality and how I'm feeling that day. And I'll say I've got a million personalities. Um, I, Don't we all? <laughs> I, exactly. And so today is like this is the, the boss lady. Tomorrow is the, all right, she's just breathing through the day and going to kind of keep it cool and calm. She'll be in some colours that help invigorate her, but she'll be in stretchy waistlines and, you know, I'm going to get on the floor for therapy sessions and blah, blah, blah. So really that dressing concept for me is the motivation to start my day and how the rest of the day is going to look. Yeah, I remember when my boys were born, about 12 weeks into having twins, I found myself on the floor thinking, (laughs) everything in my life I don't recognize. I don't know who I am. I don't know what makes me happy because the things that used to make me happy, I can't do because even 12 weeks into twins and like baptism of fire two at once, um, I couldn't even go to the grocery store because I hadn't quite managed the two babies to trolley to pram transition. And I was feeling so trapped and so unsure of who I was. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I need to think of 10 things that I can actually do, you know, under this roof with my life like this that are going to make me feel good. And one of those things was I'm going to get dressed every day because before having the boys, I was a flight attendant. So waking up, putting makeup on that it looks like I'd spent time doing it, but it was like a 10 minute job because you get so efficient at doing it, putting my hair up. And that was such a game changer for me, realizing three months into motherhood, oh, hang on, no, no, I can create a bit of time and space for myself. I'm going to spend 15 to 20 minutes every morning getting dressed. It was honestly such an unlock 
into feeling like I matter. Absolutely. And that, I mean, getting out of the house at 12 weeks with twins would be a big accomplishment for anyone, by the way. So like, uh, you know, trying to do that with one, let alone two in your first round is, is epic. So congratulations for finding what worked for you. I remember um, my my biggest thing was to get up, we didn't have a coffee machine at the time, and to walk to my local cafe. So what that meant is I had to put an outfit on. And even if that was all I was doing for the day, I was walking with the baby on me or in the pram to get a coffee. That was me accepting I'd done something for the day, giving myself praise that I'd gotten dressed, allowed myself time that was for me. And the five minutes of mind practice, which I've had now for many years, ever since my son was born, my third, was about really making sure no matter what it is in a day, I give back a habit of at least five minutes to myself. And habits are born out of repetition. And of course, five minutes would become 10 minutes and then it would become 20 in a day. And then it would be, hey, actually, I'm going to do a half hour Pilates session. We do meditation or no, everything's done. Baby's sleeping. I'm drinking this hot coffee. Nobody's talking to me. You know, the process of allowing to give back to yourself. And so getting dressed, getting out the door or getting dressed and feeling ready to sit down in front of the computer or to start filming. These are the moments in my day that are giving back to me. They're not for anyone else. I don't care what anyone else thinks of how I look or what I present to the world. It's for me to feel like I have given back to myself and I'm ready. I'm ready for the day. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah, it's a way to honor yourself and value yourself. And I don't know your story well, but I know for me growing up, my mum, she had us very young. She was a young mum and she, I, from what I understand, was really socialized that when she grew up, she had to be a good mum, be a good wife, do all of the good housewife things. And there was a lot of martyrdom, you know, like a lot of self-sacrificing. It's not always modeled for us that it's okay to take those moments for ourselves. Um, So if someone is listening right now, Kat, and they're feeling a bit torn, they're going, oh, is filling my cup selfish? What do I do? What would you say to them? Well, I I would say that I've learned similar to sort of watching my own mum who unfortunately just gave everything to us and burnt out and she's no longer with us. She never, ever, ever gave any time to herself. And when I looked at my son and he was nine weeks old and I thought, gosh, I can see history repeating here. I could give everything to my kids and it could be a very sad ending uh, for never, ever giving back to myself. So I really, I urge anyone out there whilst you're in, you know, the thick of it and you're thinking I've got to give, give, give to my child, to my partner, to the other kids, friends and family, in-laws, just remember that none of that happens unless you give to yourself first. You are the prime person 
in the only person who can take care of you. And Mother's Day just happened on the weekend and I'd just done two weeks uh, solo parenting with my husband away and there had been some rough weeks in parenting. Uh, we're trialling some new stuff at home and it had really worn me down. And he stepped back in and he's like, oh, it's so easy. And I said, oh, it's very easy with two parents. Yes, ha, 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 you know, love him to bits. But it's always kids always, you know, perform so well and the, suddenly the parent walks back in the door. And I just remember Mother's Day is a really tough time for me thinking about my mum, but I just had a migraine Saturday and I thought, what do I want for Mother's Day? And I sat there and I thought, I don't want to be woken up like I am at 5am for breakfast, a cold coffee and some Vegemite toast. I really don't want that. I really just want a full night's sleep. Um, and so I got online and I found a hotel room and I booked myself in and I packed my bag and I said to my husband, I'll catch you later. And he's like, good, good, go. And it was the absolute best thing for me. But that guilt that we feel Mother's guilt is going to be there. Step out of your comfort zone, find something, walk out of the house and take half a day, then take a full day, then take a weekend. <laughs> Learn to give back to yourself, not just in the five minutes in the home, but to give back in time where you can. Book the kids into an extra day of, of childcare and make that day about you. Give back yes. to yourself because you will wear thin and then you're unfortunately will start to not enjoy the surroundings, the people, the environment that you're in. I walked back in Sunday, breakfast was already done. I was absolutely fine, but I sat down and I was so happy to see my kids. I wasn't burnt out. I'd had a good night's sleep and I'd watched trashy shows on Netflix. I felt so good. And that only happens when you really step out of your comfort zone and you let the mum guilt kick in for a moment and you go, bugger off, I am doing something for me. Yes. And I'm so glad that you brought this up, Kat, because that mum guilt, that fear of judgment, and often it's just the judgment of ourselves. What does this say about me? What does this mean? Because I should be a good mum. I should be there. I should be present. Just going, okay, that's coming up within me and I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's a tough one because as I was like going to book, message my husband, I'm going to book a hotel. And I just kind of was like still on the booking page, still on there. He was like, good, was his response. And I went, okay, I should have already booked now. Then what am, why am I holding back? You know, it's that why do we hold back? Because internally we feel like we have to be there for everything and we have to be the pillar of strength. And we are. But when we are crumbling, we need to focus on why that's happening and that's because we're not giving back to ourselves. Yes, and often we do get in our own way. I can remember similar moments where I would just always say to um, my husband at the time, you go surfing, you go out, you go do this, like you, 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 you. Sorry. And, you know, there would, there would be times when he'd say to me, why don't you go for a walk? And I would be like, no, 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 no. And then one day I was like, yeah, one day I was like, no, actually I am going to go for a walk. And everything kept spinning. The world kept turning, but it felt like this cataclysmic reckoning for me to be like, actually, I do have needs, you know? And And you need you, who you were maybe pre-kids or who you are without children attached to you. Yes. And if we can't be our own advocate and our own uh, voice, no one's going to do it for us. And I think what often ends up happening is we project that people should do it for us, Mm. you know, so then you get resentful. You look at your partner and you're like, 
that bastard, you know, whereas he, she, whoever it may be, has no idea because you've never voiced it. You know, it's just this thing that irritates us inside and it's like, oh, if we just let that out and actually articulated what we needed and, yes, sat with that discomfort of, oh, it feels a bit prickly but pushed forward, everyone would be so much happier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone. And even- We've just solved all of the world's problems. <laughs> just by booking a hotel and disappearing for 24 hours. Even my kids were, what are you doing, Mum? What are you, you going? Oh, oh, Dad's the one that goes away, not you. And I said, yes, I know, I know. <laughs> and I walk, oh, and I know. <laughs> yeah, and they, and I, you know, I have a psychologist and she says to me all the time, your children need to know what it's like for you not to be there. You are the one that's always there. They need to be taught that as well. Because one of the biggest practices that I try to do, which is the five minutes of mine, is telling my kids I need five minutes so as they will learn and instigate that behaviour when they become parents. And, of course, going away for a night is exactly what I want them as future potential parents to know that they should be able to do for themselves to recoup and look after themselves. So everything we do, I am hoping, is in a positive way reflected and, you know, behavioural instances that happen for our children in future. Yes, for them and for their partners. Correct. That's that's what I always think about when I'm like saying to the boys, all right, I'm going to the garage for a workout. Unless the house is on fire, mummy doesn't exist. You're fine for the next 45 minutes, you know, unless there's an actual situation. I actually feel gross saying that and setting that boundary. You know, I will get in there and I'll think, oh, you know, maybe they need this. They need that. Do I need to be doing all the things? But then I think to myself, okay, yes, that feels uncomfortable to segregate yourself and have a bit of time and space. But what a gift I'm actually giving them and their future partners growing up for them to know, okay, my partner might need 45 minutes to himself or herself. And I can take that time for myself and I can assert boundaries. And it's the same, like when I became a single parent in 2019, I created this new boundary with the boys. My ensuite is my ensuite. That's it. <laughs> you know, th- that is simple. If I am in the shower, again, unless the house is on fire, you don't, you, you can wait 10 minutes. And it's hard to have these boundaries as a mum because we're socialized to think to be a good mum, it isn't all all-encompassing, self-sacrificing, mm-hmm. we're on the bottom of the totem pole thing. But really, if we can flip the script and allow ourselves to have those boundaries and that agency, we are really enriching our family. 100%. And that will stand the test of time. It is definitely now when I have my coffee and I've said, you know, if I've given you all what you need, you've all had eaten, you're all sitting down, this is, I'm drinking my coffee, don't come here, don't ask me, exactly, unless it's a blood-curdling scream. Um, and people write to me all the time saying, "How with your husband away, how do you do a workout with the three kids? And I'll just say to them, you're fed. You'll have some TV or maybe it will be an iPad. This is my time, I'm doing this. And if they come to me while I'm working out, I'll say it will be fixed in 30 minutes, in 20 minutes. It needs to be established that I'm not at their beck and call all day long, there are moments that are mine and they get it now. And they, you know, my daughter will go and say, I'm just having my hot chocolate on my own. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. You don't need to be interrupted. I understand. So it's really a practice that I want them to 
create in their world for future partners, for my son to understand, uh, for everyone to understand it's so important for all of us. And my husband does do it and needs to do it more. At times we have big discussions around he travels a lot, but then he doesn't actually do as much for himself with friends. He's out always traveling with business and colleagues. So it's really important for him as well to take that time. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's a big conversation in our family. It is. And in our family unit with blending the family, bringing in my partner, that's something I have said to him so many times because in the first couple of months, I was like, oh, he doesn't say no to anything to those boys. Like not in the way of spoiling them with gifts or whatnot, but in the way of, Bren, do you want to jump on the trampoline with us? Bren, do you want to go for a swim with us? Yes, 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 yes. He just could not draw a boundary with them. And I said to him so many times, you're going to have to get better at like saying <laughs> no sometimes or saying, boys, I love you, but I'm just going to go and sit on my phone in the bedroom for half an hour to recharge. And he's getting there, but it's like a year and a half in of like living together. Now he's learning that he has to do that because I'm like, yeah, you're, you're really going to burn out if you don't start looking after yourself too, because we know how it feels. But anyway, you and I could chat about burnout and boundaries for hours and hours, I'm sure. I actually had a couple of questions in regards to your style uh, or just style in general. If you do have a few more minutes for me to shoot through those. Go for it. Sorry, I was just drinking my hot water. <laughs> As per. Um, okay, wardrobe staples. What are some essentials that you think every woman should have at her disposal? A great pair of denim jeans. Um, just something that feels good for you. Doesn't have to be the in fashion sort of style, just something that feels good. And then could be accompanied very nicely with a white classic shirt uh, which I think a shirt, as you would see me today, um, I pair it as a layering piece as well as, you know, a dressier piece that can be worn over bathers. The shirts are just so versatile. Then I think a black blazer. Um, again, that combination of an outfit could take you anywhere, black blazer, white shirt, pair of denim jeans, and then a classic singlet. So really, really simple pieces. But those four pieces will see you through so many outfits and you will see me. They tend to be the basis of so many of the outfits that I will put together in a day-to-day -day for working mum life. So, yeah. And it's the sort of combination that never goes out of style because I can think back to 10 years ago, I was wearing a white linen button-up tucked into denim shorts or denim jeans and, yeah, either mix it up with some white sneakers, heels, boots, whatever. Right. But still to this day, turning 36, that's still one of my go-to moves. Like it will just last you. Exactly. And that's where you would want to invest in more quality pieces. Uh, that for me, I feel like the pieces that suit your body, feel good on, it's so important for women to realise that it's if you're going to make investments, that making them in the really classic pieces that are timeless is where it's a great idea to do so. Which leads me nicely to my next question, which was surrounding when you are going shopping for a pair of jeans, that can be so overwhelming for oh. so many people. What are some of your top tips for finding a pair that you love? I think it's really important to start off with the colour denim. 
and we all sort of tend to veer towards certain colors if you're a light denim sort of gal just don't don't be sort of swayed by black wash is in fashion right now really go with what leans into the color palette of clothes that you like to wear because the color of the denim will work back with say you love wearing green Uh, you'll be looking at you know, darker blues or lighter blues that will, a wash that will work back in with the, the colors that you enjoy. So starting off with the color is really important. Don't, not, absolutely none of it should feed into trends. It should be feeding into what feels good. When you put those jeans on and you might try on a hundred different styles, I want you to sit down in them <laughs> and <laughs> squat. <laughs> if you're a mum, let's face it, we are going from up and down all the time. And if you don't feel comfortable, if bits are hanging out, if it feels too tight, if those jeans don't sit nicely or you know, are painful when you're moving around in them, they are not the jeans for you. They are not the jeans you're going to grab daily and go, these are my denim. Uh, so really make sure they're comfortable in. And then I would say if you're trying to avoid all the trends but just sticking to a classic pair of denim, really aim for something that is just around the ankle length. Uh, you probably need a more versatile style of denim to have in your wardrobe at this stage. You could definitely do longer and you can do shorter, but just stick with the classic. Uh, yeah, they're my probably top tips to get started, but comfort is key. Absolutely. The amount of times I've purchased a pair of jeans because I went shopping in the morning and then I'll put them on to wear them, you know, for a night out. And I'm like, oh, these aren't jeans you wear after you've eaten. I'm no. always like, note to self, Kylie, go jeans shopping after a lunch, like after you've had a good meal because they fit differently. Um, and they will be the jeans that collect dust in the corner, whereas you'll go for the ones. I like denim that when I come home, I don't feel like I have to take off. It's yes. denim that I can wear all around the house, put a jumper on, and it's the end of the day that I take them off. Yes, just recently I bought a new pair of jeans and that exact thing happened. I got home and I just threw on my like oversized PE Nation jumper and my slippers and I was like, oh, these are a good pair of jeans because I'm not, you know, like when you've got an uncomfortable bra on and you're driving home, you're like, I've got to get this sucker off. There's nothing worse than you feel the same way with your jeans. Exactly. Okay. Splurge versus steals. What are some of your splurge brands versus some of your more affordable brands that you shop at? Uh, my splurge brand, probably my favorite one would be Celine. Um, that's at a high end and I do that for accessories. So sunglasses, belts, shoes, sunnies. Yeah. They're the timeless pieces for me. And I only select really timeless sort of styles in there that I know will be there for a long time. Um, yeah. So there's a bit of Celine, a bit of Louis Vuitton, a little bit of Gucci, a couple of little things in there that have been definitely splurge and they have been projects I've worked towards, I've saved towards, goals that I've hit uh, in my in my career that I've decided I wanted to reward myself for. But I'm wearing a cotton on tank today and it is my favourite tank. I just went back on the weekend and bought another four because I've got a couple in it and I absolutely dig cotton on. Uh, so for the lower end scale price point cotton on is a huge plus for me I really there's some of their pants over time have been some of my favorites as well and then when you're looking middle range you sort of look Zara um huge huge fan of Zara pieces and I do have a number of brands that sit in that same sort of line feather and noise I've been working with for four and a half years now um 
they are great mum style pieces uh, that really a great working wardrobe for movability and um, yeah being down crouched with the kids a lot of elastic sort of backings on the waistlines and so forth. Which leads me to my next question which was surrounding a mum uniform. If someone is like okay I feel like every morning I stand in front of my wardrobe and it's just a wardrobe full of no's. How can they work out what is a good mum uniform for them? Depends on the lifestyle they live. So people do ask me this, what's, you know, a classic style look for me? It depends how are you in an are you in the home? Are you with the kids on the ground all day? Are you much, do you work from home? Do you march to an office? So I think it varies, but I do think that a classic combination of pieces that will work for you are to have a good pair of black pants that are comfortable, that could be worn day to night, a great pair of denim, uh, denim jeans, again, as we talked about, sort of hitting those comfort levels, a good knit, a really good blazer, but I really do feel this season that anything looks great with a trench coat over it. And that would be my real go-to for last season. In fact, it's been a couple of seasons now. But at this point, if you're looking for a mum uniform and you want to dress up a pair of activewear, put the trench over the top and everything looks polished. Put the trench over the top of a beautiful dress that you're wearing out to a cocktail party. I think a trench is one of the most hard-playing, most valuable pieces in your wardrobe at the current uh, season. Yes, I'm sitting here nodding furiously because I just a couple of months ago bought one from Style Runner that I love. It's like a biscuity kind of taupe colour and I'm nodding because I live in activewear, right? Because I will drop the squids at school, I will come home, I will work till about 1.32, I'll try and get a quick workout in or I'll work out when they get home from school. So I'm like, if I have my activewear on, I feel... Yes, I'm ready. I'm there. Runners are on. I'm going to get shit done. But yeah, popping this trench coat on over the top, it makes you feel so stylish while you're doing school drop-off. It's practical. It's easy. I can't believe how much I've worn this trench coat. Yeah. And I I honestly feel for any mum that's kind of questioning it, it will become your best friend. And a biscuit coloured one is a really great place to start. It will, a sort of biscuit beige tone will really go back with so many colourways that we tend to wear in activewear um, and will we'll pair back really nicely with denim as well. So, yeah, it's mum uniform starter pack, start with the trench. And last but not least, for our listeners who work in the corporate sector, what are your favourite corporate brands to shop or any tips surrounding getting dressed for the office? Yes. Uh, So when I was in corporate, Q was my absolute go-to. I don't feel as aligned with Q anymore, to be completely honest. Um, And also because my line of work doesn't have as much corporate in it, my dollar spend is I've wanted to reduce because I don't wear some of those corporate pieces as much. So for me, my go-tos are Zara. I think there is great pieces at Forever New. I've really opened my eyes up and been working with Portman's now and really, really impressed with their work and corporate range, uh, like hugely impressed. So they're the three brands that I would look to that are a little bit more cost-effective, especially as a mum when maybe our budget isn't as big as what it was pre-kids to go to our working wardrobe, something that we're not always wearing on weekends. So we want it versatile, but we also want to have some spend to go towards our casual looks as well. 
Absolutely. Kat, where can our listeners connect with you? Uh, you can find me over on Instagram. So Kat Sands, which is starts with a C, C-A-T-S-A-N-Z. And you can also find me over on TikTok as well as Facebook, but Instagram is my main jam. You'll see me on stories every other day. <laughs> Perfect. I'll make sure we have all of the links to your social media platforms in our show notes. Kat, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.